Howdy friends and welcome to this week's episode of Between Players. Video games have come a long way and here in 2018 it seems like there's no stopping the flood of high quality distraction headed into our eyeballs. That doesn't mean that there aren't flaws. Even with years of experience and user feedback there are still things that can sour an otherwise pristine experience. My guest today, Josh Hunt, has a couple of very specific examples of things that can send us reeling back to planet Earth. He and I are going to be talking about the quality of life in games. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to uh, Between Players. My name is Zach, and with me today, my guest is Josh Hunt. Uh, you don't know him, but I'm going to introduce him to you because he's my friend, and now he's your friend also. He's uh, the man responsible for the awesome intro you heard on today's episode, and when he's not composing music, he's playing games on Switch and PS4. Josh, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Zach. So, uh, we've been talking about this a little while, uh, you know. Here we are in the year 2018, video games everywhere, great video games everywhere, but even with all the bigger budgets, uh, higher production value, uh, photorealistic action buffoonery that we have in all, in all sectors of the medium, we still have things that are either deliberately designed to be bad or are oversights or uh, cost-saving measures that eventually you know, turn themselves into um, problems, things that uh, take us out of the experience, break the loop, break the magic, uh, and sometimes worse, like, make us mad and make us want to quit. So what are uh, what are some things that are, like, quality of life goodnesses for you? Uh, I just want to preface all this because I think that this is a really cool topic of conversation and I'm glad that you invited me on to your uh, podcast to talk about it. I just want to preface all this by saying that every gripe that I have uh, going forward today is specifically something that I don't like. If someone else likes it, man, you know, you are more than welcome to, to enjoy whatever art, whatever movie, music, game, whatever you like, enjoy it, love it, have fun. This is just my my personal these are my personal uh, deal breakers if you will so yeah um, yeah uh, specific so maybe uh, go ahead i was just gonna say maybe we should uh split those into the two buckets i mean like sure. our like you you came up you you approached me with this topic and i think it's great um uh yeah you approached me with this topic and i think it's great games are supposed to be fun and I think we're just trying to call out aspects that, for us, break the magic. Exactly. So let's just break these into a couple of categories. One category is, uh, as you've as you've described it previously, are just things things or games things in games and games, I guess, that you feel like uh, don't respect your time because of X. Right. So I feel like there are games that don't respect your time from a. Uh, feature standpoint like unskippable cutscenes maybe like you said previously it could be a cost saving measure maybe it's just an oversight during development like you know we uh need to polish up this feature of the game but unskippable cutscenes are maybe a thing that is just 
you know, like an engine feature that <laughs> we can't afford to invest yeah. in or something. Uh, yeah, second second tier will uh, if we get if we have time to go back to skipping cutscenes, yeah. we'll we'll get to it then. But yeah. uh, or maybe the developer says, well, we only have five cutscenes in the game. Uh, I don't really feel like we need to invest in skipping cutscenes. Uh, right. Unfortunately, one one of those cutscenes is before the final boss, and that boss is extremely difficult, and you have to, you know, fight him many times. That can. <laughs> That could be a problem. Uh, the other the other bucket being games that specifically uh, have mechanics that reinforce despair, right? So I know everyone's probably going to think that the Dark Souls series, the the Soulsborne series, is is a uh, kind of the flagship of those types of games since they've sort of spawned a genre or they've inspired other developers to create similar experiences. So I'd like to kind of go. Certainly, in, I'd like to kind of go into that. Okay, well, let's start with the uh, the stuff that you've encountered that are like that's deliberately uh, uh, game design choices that reinforce this negative feeling towards the player, or sort of like, you know, from my in my perspective, would be sort of like mechanics that are designed specifically to antagonize you to some degree, mm-hmm. um, and they use it as a learning tool, but a lot of times it comes off as being. Uh, mean <laughs> sure. I don't, for lack of a better way to yeah sure put it right now uh yeah sure so uh, going back to the the dark Souls series just because i've i have a history with these games i've tried and failed three out of three times to enjoy a dark souls game uh actually four out of four if you count demon souls i had sold that game like the first week that i had it i got it uh back when it was released because it was on a bunch of people's uh end of the year uh, best of lists and I just mm-hmm. I simply could not hang like even and and, and I, I don't even think I understood the mechanics of it like I, I don't think back then that I was completely prepared for a game that had no qualms killing you and resetting your progress I just don't think that I really was prepared for it personally sure uh, and then more recently Dark Souls 3 I got about 10 hours into that game had a, a couple of great experiences especially with the art yeah you know i think that the art of those games is is yeah very beautiful even go back to demon souls the art is just incredible Mm -hmm. the music has a a, you know a specific vibe to it it's uh it's like i like i described like with bloodborne for example it's like if john williams scored a soundtrack to an hp lovecraft adaptation right right uh it's heroic but also really off which is great you know like they've they've nailed the feeling so i feel like playing a dark souls game is like having a really pleasant thought in zoning out and then being interrupted by a loud sound okay you know that feeling that you have where you're kind of connecting with something yeah and then there's this something happens and you feel the dissonance of it and it's just jarring right so like I look at the art in Dark Souls, like Dark Souls 3, for example, when you're looking at the undead village, you know, right after you kill that first, uh, or I guess it's the second boss. Yeah. The the boreal guy. And then, so I see that village and it, like, I get what the designers are going for in terms of uh, the mood they're trying to evoke. And then I, I get kind of lost in what's going on and then just get blindsided by something that just completely destroys me. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like they're tied together. Like the the art and the game are, 
you know, inseparable, but I also feel like if you like, if you like the art, there's no way you can go further and enjoy it without playing this game that totally rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And does it make sense? Yeah. And I think uh, my two cents on that is that a lot of what is contributed to that, because obviously you didn't have that same feeling with Bloodborne and neither did I. Um, while I did feel that sense of, uh, or that lack of empowerment early in the game, um, the game's fundamental differences are that, like, I should say the game's fundamental differences are that Dark Souls is a defensive game, and Bloodborne is played all out in attack first. Like, attack is defense. Right. And maybe some of that, like, psychologically is better, like, as an... I don't want to say as an American or a Westerner or whatever, but like there is something about the, uh, I don't know, like John Woo-ness of Bloodborne that is much more pleasurable and easier to muscle through than uh, Dark Souls, where it just feels like you are, you know, trying to complete some sort of Sisyphean task. You're like rolling the rolling that <laughs> rock up the hill only to be pecked yeah. at, you know. And you're rolling yourself all yeah. over the place. All That's over. That's the main defensive mechanic. Rolling. Mechanic. Rolling. Yeah. How appropriate. I, yeah. And I think that the the reason why you feel that way, and because I've had I've done a lot of thought on this, and again, in no in no way am I to be construed as being an expert in any of this. I'm just thoughts, you know. Sure. So Bloodborne to me has there is a lot less in the way of um well, a penalty for failure. So when you die, mm-hmm. you just lose all your currency, you right? Know? And you're back at zero. There's no health buff that you've lost. You know, you don't need to burn an effigy. It's simply, you know, it's just lost currency, right? Which sucks, but also is not losing your health. <laughs> like having, it's not making it harder to try again. Yeah, there's you know? not a permanent penalty for failure. Exactly, and then so. Along with that, there's less of a fear of failure in Bloodborne because if I get completely clocked by a, a large enemy and lose half my health bar, I can aggressively hit him a few more times. That rally mechanic is in place. I can I can build my health back up. Right. And that there's less of a of a you know there's less fear of failure. Right. And the mechanic you know? actually incur like like you're describing it the mechanic encourages you actually to go all out to try for broke. And Right. And there's there's like exactly. this like amazing sense of like oh, I was so close to wiping him. I finally, you know, like those moments where you are on your back heel but you're going for it, you do have a very good chance of making it through. So we've been talking about, you know, Dark Souls and how how they use in-game deliberately designed mechanics to um to sort of like push you around. Um what are things that you see as like errors or uh oversights in games that uh, uh cause cause the same sort of dissonance? I feel like anytime a game has an unskippable cutscene <laughs> or it, it, you cannot skip cutscenes in general, I feel like that's that feels like it's wasting my time. Like, and I feel like they kind of know it. Uh, and, you know, like we said earlier, if it's like 
maybe the developer says we only have five cutscenes. Uh, should we add a mechanic where we can skip them? And then the you know someone else goes, nah, just yeah, just that's not part of the engine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just let's let's finish the game and then maybe. If it becomes an issue, they'll patch. But uh, a good example of that is near uh, Automata or near Automata. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that game is fantastic. I still think about the music and the visuals of that game and just the mood that I, you know, the emotions that I felt playing it. It is it is one of the best games, I think, on the PS4 or of this this uh, console generation cycle. Um, yeah. But so you get to a boss at the very end and I don't want to spoil anything for anyone listening or for you or anything, but there's a, a a character that you fight that is a complete bullet sponge. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to like, I mean, you're literally, it's a game of inches. Like you're, you're just nailing him the entire time trying to, to whittle his, his health down to, Mm -hmm. and he has multiple, again, he has multiple, uh, forms like a, or cycles, like a, a bloodborne boss would have like mm-hmm. he you know will go through different attack cycles and so you have to skip you know you have to change up your uh your tactics and none of that is is a problem to me like all that is is fine right you know, i know what i signed up for it's that unskippable 10 minute cutscene before you fight him uh-huh. he goes through so much exposition that frankly i don't care about you know it's it's Right, it's fine the know, first time, the, but then, you know, right. if you hit when you hit the if 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 you hit the failure state and you you know you have to wade through that ten minutes of exposition again to get to uh, that place. Right, and he's a challenging boss, man. Like he is not a pushover. Like I, uh, you know, I tried a couple times, and every time I got closer. After the fifth time I fought him and had to sit through that cutscene, I mean, we're now talking like an hour, two plus. hours, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of my time that I've wasted, uh, at least thirty minutes of it, uh, watching that damn cutscene. Yeah, um, I just tapped out. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't mm-hmm. like I, I stopped playing the game. I watched the endings on YouTube. I, I honestly haven't thought about it since then. Like I don't, I don't think about the game negatively because of that experience. Okay. Uh, I just don't think about that part, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think about the cool, like I think about the 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 traversal mechanics, and I think about the combat and the art, like the crazy, you know, machines and everything. Like uh, it, it's it's a great game, but that I just, you know, we're talking about games that are otherwise good that have a element to them that doesn't respect your time. Yeah. So it doesn't contribute to your quality of life. And that to me is, is kind of one of them. Yeah. Or not even, not even just games, but just aspects of games. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. The game is great. The game is great. There's this thing in it, like, and and to parallel with Nier Automata, there's also, I mean, like prior to patch number, whatever in the original destiny had that same, uh, terrible crisis where like, if you decide you wanted to start a new character, you're punished with, you know, every cutscene forever. Or, like, as you're transitioning between planets, originally you couldn't, like, access your menu to, you know, play with your gear and all that stuff. Yeah. And they finally patch all that. And it's like, it, it It seems like, you know, maybe to them it was like, well, we're at the end of launching this big title. This is a very small thing. But, like, as a player who has to watch a planet rotate for five minutes while, you know, your game loads in the background... 
Like, <laughs> right. I well would appreciate Zach, something. Zach, they don't have time to tell you what they don't have time to tell you about. <clears throat> yeah, but patching that feature in. <laughs> but Bungie, Bungie seems to be on a a losing streak of uh, generating frustration. That seems to yes. be their primary development goal right now. But um, I, hopefully I mean, they come out of entire, it. Yeah, exactly. We could do an entire episode on. You were talking about games that don't respect your time. I mean, Destiny. Come on, Destiny. <laughs> Destiny Two also does not respect your time. And yeah. I, I've gone back to it. I've been playing it with a friend of mine because he, he started playing it, and I like. I have the same feeling. Like it's. I love everything about it mechanically. Like it just like, it sure. Like the and when I say mechanically, I mean like. The jumping, the special abilities, the sort of art, more RPG elements, uh, you know, just a little bit more than Borderlands had in terms of, you know, your sort of like special, special skills. Um, yeah. It's, it has all the tones and the artwork, the aesthetic, the way the guns handle, all that stuff is super dope. But for some god awful reason, they see fit to tweak things in the game to artificially either stretch the amount of time you need to invest to get i don't know what they consider fulfillment out of it it seems like they have a goal that we don't understand you know what i mean like why would you want to make this more frustrating like if that if it were less frustrating you'd think more people would play it longer because they can just continuously exploit it i think that games that allow that level of uh internal abuse or whatever like in borderlands like you can run this i mean like we played borderlands 2 i think for like a hundred plus hours together yeah and i've only i think i think i've only ever played that game with you like i don't think i've ever sat down and fired up borderlands by myself no i think maybe one time and i i remember it kind of sucking so i i turned it off yeah like so it is, multiplayer is the way to go. Yeah, multiplayer is absolutely the way to play those games. You cannot replay them by yourself. Well, I'm sorry. They are hard to, in my opinion or our estimation, it is hard to replay those games by yourself. They yes. definitely hit their stride in the two to four man uh, or two to four player construct. Um, but yeah, it's like a, and it, it, but they allow you to abuse the system. Now, I would say that the game is actually slightly easier, like mechanically it's a lot easier um but you know it also came out years before destiny 2 they had all that time to like look at their original and then look at borderlands and look at everything else and go oh okay maybe we should like include these things like skippable (laughs) cutscenes. it sounds so mean um but uh, no, yeah, it's like it's a beautiful, it's a really good game that has uh, mechanics that are bad for, like you say, quality of life. Yeah, um, so how about we talk about some games that are super challenging, but they love your time. They love it bigly. Yes. I'm I'm excited to talk about this because uh, we can end it on a positive note and mm-hmm. uh, I get to hype some games that i've been really really enjoying over the years which i have to say Uh, is one of my favorite things about our conversations is that you are the like you are the first person to find the solid gold component in a game like (laughs) you're like your nose is so well tuned to that that uh that attribute 
like when you find it and lock onto it like i see it immediately even when i'm skeptical about stuff you're like no no no. this part's the dopest you'll love it and i have to say you're like your run rate's like nine out of ten you're doing really good oh thanks man you make yeah. me blush here that's uh <laughs> that means a lot coming from you um so uh I work for a, uh, a big production company and we had our production uh, recently and I had a lot of downtime on my hands. Mm-hmm. So I was able to bring my switch and um, I played a ton of Celeste mm-hmm. and that game besides the visuals and music being super top notch are that, that, so that game is uh, extremely challenging. Like, very very like i've died in the thousands like i've i've died quite a bit in that game the uh only the delineator between that and a game like dark souls uh where a win isn't thrilling because you've succeeded it's because you've been beaten down to the point to where any victory will lift your spirits in dark souls mm-hmm. uh the difference between the two is that in celeste you come back immediately like you respawn immediately and the the puzzles are not you know, it's generally not going to be a uh, two or three minute haul to get to where you just died. It's going to be about 20 seconds, maybe at the very outside. Uh, so it's charming visuals, amazing music. Lena and Rain did a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the time, you know, the, the time to reset and get back to where you were is, yeah. is very low. Right. Um, so it's like Super Meat Boy are, low. Yeah, the puzzles are, and then it does remind me of Super Meat Boy. Without, it's actually less frustrating. Than that. Uh, but the the puzzles are great. Like they're not pixel perfect uh, jumps or anything you need to make. The puzzles are awesome. Like it's it's learning the mechanics. Uh, the game wants you to do things a certain way. You know, wants you to solve the puzzle a certain way. It's yeah. maybe not immediately apparent how that works. But uh, it's not, you know, they're not having you, uh, like, I don't have to have the, the reflexes of a hummingbird to, to finish the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very, very well done. As a pro-casual player, I also appreciate games that don't, they don't expect me to be as accurate as 18-year-old me would have been. Because, like, right. I just don't have, like, the mechanical force anymore to be there so that's that's encouraging you don't have this game yet no not it's yet on order. soon very yeah. soon like when it first launched i took a i took a break to play some far cry but uh when it first launched i got a monster hunter world uh for mm-hmm. ps4 and that game to me okay so that game has everything you think would be a super challenging terrible frustrating abusive experience mm-hmm. <laughs> like 20 literally do 20 minute boss fights um, literally 20 actual minutes, not the two minute boss fights that feel like 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Um, right. And so you'd think that, and then if you die, you, you're just, you know, you're out of, you have to start the whole thing over again. But right. the thing that saves it is it has multiple lives. So if oh. I die, yeah, if I die once, mm-hmm. just get right back up. If I die again, but I mean, my, my rewards are lowered, but I can still continue. So, there are a lot of things. So like, there's a lot of um, subtle strategy in that game. You need to hone your weapon in, a, in the middle of a fight to maintain your damage output. Uh, mm-hmm. You may need to cook some meat to 
re-up your stamina, you know? So like that, that terrible mechanic of uh, Dark Souls again, where you have to burn an effigy to gain your, you know, to, to get back to uh, zero with your stats um, or your health at least. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World lets you do that with the, uh, the meat cooking mechanic um, mm. in the field. Like actually oh, while great. you're playing the game. Yeah. And then they make a little mini game out of it. Like when the song ends, you have to hit the button at just the right time. And then you pull your, uh, your steak off the grill and it will be well done or uh, I'm sorry, like medium well or something. And it yeah. will give you a better, a better, uh, uh, stat, stat buff. So, uh, I'm yeah. Monster Hunter world, man. Love, love that game. It is, uh, yeah, it's in my opinion, it is, what destiny kind of wanted to be <laughs> in terms of not the same mechanic, like it's not a shooter, but just in terms of uh, a collaborative uh, semi open world, like kind of it has zones, but a, um, the only thing really persistent is the uh, player characters. Correct. Well, uh, what, what do you have uh, lined up in the queue right now? What are you playing right now that you're really excited about? And what are you looking forward to uh, now that we're in uh, 2018? Um, right now I'm playing Far Cry five. Mm-hmm. I am really loving it. I think it's probably the best Far Cry game. Um, UB seems to be taking some risks and, uh, like there's no minimap, for example. Ooh. Um, it's the, you know, they're saying hello to 2011 and going with a, uh, Skyrim style, uh, map at the very top of the UI, uh-huh. uh, that kind of points you in the direction of things. Um, it's just, man, the art is super detailed. The, um, you know, the minute to minute action is fun. Mm-hmm. The characters are relatable. Like I, for the first time in like a far cry game, they don't have this like raving lunatic as the bad guy. And I kind of, I like that. Like it's, it's less of a cartoon character and more of like a real kind of down to earth cast. Uh, I, you know, the, the stakes are real. Like I understand why people are doing the things that they're doing. Um, but at the same time, it has skippable cutscenes. I mean, that's important. And that's important. <laughs> as we've established. But no, man, that's a great game. Like, good for them. They made, uh, you know, their Far Cry arcade. I can see I haven't really delved into the tools or anything because I'm not much of an editor or a modder or a, you know, content creator in terms of uh, video games. But I, I can see if someone figures out a way to do a battle royale mode in that, in the Far Cry arcade, huh. they will clean house. Like that will, there will be no stopping if, if you know what I mean? Like if they can get into, if people can manipulate the tools that Ubisoft has given them to create maps like that, Uh there's, there's no stopping that game. That's awesome. Uh, Going forward into 2018, I'm really, I'm hooked on the coverage for that new Spider-Man game. Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be a great, if uh, Insomniac pulls off the, uh, the, at least appearance of the promise of the dream. Yeah. And it looks like they're doing it, man. Like it looks like the, uh, the web swinging looks physics based and attached, you know, like his webs attached to walls. Like if he's, you know, uh, it, like he can, uh, really, uh, truck it across Manhattan. Yeah. But if he wants to fast travel, he has to go into a subway a subway. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's really clever. I just, I think that they're going to do it. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that being the Arkham, uh, oh, the Arkham Knight yeah. of, or you know, yeah, the yeah. the Arkham series of Spider-Man. Like I'm looking forward to that, and not playing like it, but just being 
that at that level of quality. Level of quality. Yeah. That's yeah. totally understandable. Yeah, if they can really hit it and they get, you know, two, maybe three titles out of it, uh, you know, if they can stretch it that far. And if not, if it's just right. like one really badass Spider-Man game, I'm I'm all yeah. the happier for it. Or, I mean, one badass Spider-Man game and then a badass Iron Man game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, we've never really had, like, a good Iron Man game. Yeah. Insomniac's a great studio. They've put out great work. There's no question that it'll be a fun game. And they're yeah. probably the ones to crack the code, much like I would assume yep. uh, the studio behind um, the uh, infamous series would be excellent for doing uh, an Iron Man title. Like, oh man, they already have like a lot of these sort of That's a good aesthetic idea. tools. I think with the Second Son and what was the little standalone? Stop. Uh, yeah, uh, first light. First light. Um, I yeah. think between the, what they demonstrated there, you, they could like, they would totally crush an Iron Man game. Oh, no doubt, Sucker Punch could do an Iron yeah. Man game. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day today and uh, out of your other creative endeavors to chat with me about uh, these uh, excellent points. Where you know, even though we're at the point of you know consistent excellence being carved out by great studios there's still sure you know interesting things that come up <laughs> that, <laughs> that cause uh frustration and you know as a as a medium we want games to be uh you know entertaining in all their aspects and uh uh yeah just appreciate your insights and um and uh hope this uh hopes hope this helps other our listeners enjoy the games around them sure thanks for having me